1: From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily, and my name is Matthew Aaron. Today on the show, Coinbase reveals huge profits for 2020. And we sit down to talk to John Jeffries, co-chairman of TRISA, about travel rule compliance. That's coming up today on the Decrypt Daily. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Today is Thursday, February 25th, 2021. I'm going to drop you my email really quick. Matthew Aaron at Decrypt.co. I'm going to try to do this. I'm going to try to collect as many questions from listeners as possible and try to answer them Fridays on air. So if you have questions about the crypto space or anything that pertains to blockchain tech or the crypto space, send me an email. Put them in your email and I'll try to address them on air on Fridays. That's MatthewAaron at Decrypt.co. Now to those crypto prices.
0: Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks.
1: And I'm recording this at 10:30 Eastern Standard Time. Bitcoin is sitting in the number 1 spot at $51,151, up 2.6% from yesterday. That 50,000 mark is beautiful. Ethereum $1,640, down 1.1% from yesterday. BNB's in that number 3 spot at 256.43, up just a little bit from yesterday at 0.3%. Cardano overtakes Polkadot for the number 5 spot. At $1.12, up 8.8%. And Polkadot sitting in the sixth spot of market cap at thirty-four thirty-four, pretty much the same as yesterday. Total market cap for the crypto space, we're at $1.54 trillion, up 3% from yesterday. And BTC dominance, we're sitting at 61.5%. Getting into our conversation today, we're talking to John Jeffries, co-founder of Trisa, about travel rule compliance. Know this is about getting on a plane and flying to the UK or some other country. I mean, if you're in the UK, you're not flying to the UK, you're flying to somewhere else. But you get what I'm saying. Travel rule is sending funds to different exchanges or different banks or different systems and them knowing who you are. We're going to get into that pretty in depth right now.
0: Thank you, Matthew. I'm glad to be here.
1: Look, there's a couple of things that I don't know about the space that you guys as professionals know about. You got, This is insider information that you're going to share with us. The travel rule. You are the co-chairman of TRISA, the Travel Rule Information Sharing Alliance. I, I want to go into that in a little bit, but I have to understand the travel rule first. Explain that to us.
0: Sure. The travel rule is a new rule, which is produced by the Financial Action Task Force. Uh, which is the global uh, anti-money laundering regulatory body. And what it says is that when two individuals send money over $1,000 or €1,000, the exchanges at either end need to be in possession of the personal information of either the sender or the recipient that's not their customer.
1: Okay, so this is why they, we do the KYC AML. And then if we do that in one exchange, basically they're saying, no matter if I do it on say, binance.us, all the exchanges within the US is going to have that information regardless of where I register. Is that what I'm saying? If I'm sending money around?
0: that inf- Your KYC information would go to the various different exchanges that you are sending money to, correct? And so the travel rule is uh, as a law in the US and it requires that information to be sent. It's very new, uh, and in many respects, it's not part of blockchain any blockchain, you know, infrastructure. What we're trying to do is help exchanges and other so-called VASPs, uh, which include custody providers and Bitcoin ATM and OTC desks, uh, to comply with that.
1: You said the word VASP. What is VASP?
0: A VASP is a virtual asset service provider. So that's an exchange, a Bitcoin ATM, an OTC desk, or a trading desk.
1: Understood. So you said the travel rule is new. How new is it and why was it implemented?
0: So it was implemented really to you know, protect the world from money laundering and terrorist financing. Um, and really what caused it to come to be was the fact that cryptocurrencies had grown to a point where they could do you know, significant damage to, to you know, a society or an economy. And uh, it was a government reaction to that. Uh, it's very similar to the original travel rule, was a reaction to the uh, the 9/11 attacks in the U.S. and was part of the Bank Secrecy Act.
1: Understood. So, what is the Sharing Alliance?
0: So, the Sharing Alliance is a nonprofit coalition of about a hundred stakeholders. It includes a number of VAS themselves. So. Uh, paxville is actually on our board of directors and includes uh, chains uh, including ripple and tether and other uh, other you know major currencies the uh, the privacy coins are, are are represented as well such that they can comply with the travel rule and not be delisted
1: understood so I have to sometimes you know break it down for myself here uh trissa the travel rule and information sharing alliance is a collaboration of a lot of different entities to make sure that everybody is compliant to this travel rule?
0: Really, we think of it as a nonprofit that was created to help VAS really stay in business. Um, because this, you know, one of the things we see is certain VAS either shutting down or moving, but they must comply. So right now in Singapore, if you can't comply with this, you can't, you cannot operate in Singapore. So it, it really is an existential threat To the the vast community to the exchange community and Teresa is a uh, an open source so it's free for people to actually comply or start to comply.
1: Okay, so now, I, again, this is all insider baseball for me. No no average person that uses Binance.us actually knows, probably knows about this stuff. But it, it's interesting because you said it's um, open source. What does that mean in terms of this? It, it sounds as though, I thought it was like just regulations where you say, hey, by the way, you have to do X, Y, and Z. Here's a piece of paper, follow our bullet points, but it's open source. So that means it's a software. I, I, walk me through this, I'm sorry.
0: Sure, so it, it's both an open architecture and open source. Um, and so that we have a code base that's open source. And literally, if you almost think of it as like an email server where, you know, your VAS would say, Hey, you know, is JJ one of your customers? And you'd say, and my VAS would say, yes, he is. And back and forth. So it's a, it's software that does that, sets out their communication and makes sure that they're not sending the information to the wrong party. And what we've also done is created a, a, a secure infrastructure using a lot of the, uh, E-commerce infrastructure that people use today. So public key uh, certificates uh, using a certificate authority. So one VASP can know for sure that they're speaking to the other one. So your private information isn't sent to the wrong VASP or somebody masquerading as a VASP.
1: Understood. You are also the chief financial analyst for Cypher Trace. We had Dave Jevons, the CEO of CipherTrace, on quite a bit, and he is very—he's an advocate for cryptocurrency. He's—he's he's like, you know, we need to come in this space to make sure that these regula- regulations get enacted, so people, so the governments know what how to deal with crypto, so they just don't don't start axing it out of everybody's life or axing it out of the economy. How does this help the retail investor?
0: So this helps the retail investor by giving them choices. If, you know, if smaller VASPs are not able to comply, so the nice thing about the open source solution is there's no price point. So any any VASP who, who chooses to comply can, and that allows the retail investor the ability to engage with both large VASPs and small VASPs, and, you know, it keeps the, the cryptocurrency kiosk business uh, is rolling as well. John,
1: last question. What is the testnet? I heard that was going live.
0: So the testnet went live on Thursday. We're really excited about it. And what it does is it enables uh, exchanges to start to experiment and demonstrate that they are working on compliance, but they're able to do it in a private manner. So they're not sharing information outside. So we've created three robot VASPs, Alice, Bob, and evil VASP. And evil VASP is going to try to trick the VASP out of your PII. And the challenge of the, of the, uh, Testnet is to limit that sharing of that private information to VAS that should not receive it, or people pretending they are those VAS.
1: John, you just uh, made this a lot longer than I wanted it to be. uh, This conversation. (laughs) So you have Alice, Bob, and Frank. Your 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 evil VAS, and and they're sending it to a PII. I don't know the names. I don't know a PII. Please, can you break it down?
0: So okay, so I'm sorry. Uh, PII is personally identifiable information. So in the case of uh, these cryptocurrency transactions, what it literally is, is your name and your account number. And so those get put together in an envelope and get sent. Um, And you certainly wouldn't want those to be sent to the wrong place. And this is a digital
1: envelope, not an actual envelope with a stamp on it, correct? Correct. Okay, cool.
0: And you wouldn't want those to be sent to the wrong VASP, right? Or somebody who just wants to figure out if you're a whale.
1: And, and who are these three people then, these evil that evil what, 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 you said <laughs> names there? What, what, are, what are those and what are they doing?
0: So the, uh, my, the, the two names I named were Alice and Bob. And so Alice and Bob are fictitious folk and they are a, a standard within the encryption world when talking about two parties who are sharing private information. Alice is the instigator, Bob is the recipient
1: understood understood so basically anytime in your in the crypto world or cryptographic world and you say alice and bob you should know what you're, what you're talking about correct correct so you called me dumb there that's what you're saying i
0: did not i'm just saying yeah, that's what you did when I, people what I heard. Have crypto conversations <laughs> alice and bob often come up
1: <laughs> john jeffries co-chairman of trissa Chief Financial Officer of CypherTrace. Thank you for explaining this to us. And I can't wait to have you back on the show. I always have, love having Dave on. I think you're going to be my new star guest. And thank honestly, thank you very much for all you that you do, because I personally believe that it needs an advocate to make regulations so that we can continue growing and innovating with blockchain.
0: Thank you.
1: And another news, Coinbase posted its S1 filings on Thursday morning, revealing its financial details. So what is an S1 filing? Well, Form S1 is a document companies file before they execute an initial public offering. The SEC Form S1 is the initial registration form for the new securities required by the SEC for public companies that are based in the U.S. Any security that meets the criteria must have an S1 filing before shares can be listed on a national exchange. Well, in this S1 filing, the crypto giant saw $322 million in profit thanks to our Bitcoin bull run. Now remember, Coinbase is not doing an IPO, they're doing a DPO, a direct listing, and this will be a major symbolic movement for the entire crypto industry. New York-based asset manager Stone Ridge has added Bitcoin to the seventh investment strategy in its diversified alternative fund. As the name suggests, the fund is focused on investment strategies with potentially high returns while diversifying away from stocks and bonds. The fund will now have exposure to Bitcoin through put options on Bitcoin future contracts. As we all know, MicroStrategy has $4.5 billion in Bitcoin, but it wants more. MicroStrategy CEO Michael Saylor says, quote, We will continue to pursue our strategy of acquiring Bitcoin with excess cash, and we may, from time to time, subject to market conditions, issue debt or equity securities in capital-raising transactions with the objective of using proceeds to purchase additional Bitcoin. End quote. That's a lot. Basically, he says, we're going to raise money to buy Bitcoin. Now, for this next story, I need you to go to the show notes and click the link and take a look at this, because this has to do with art and NFT artwork. Beeple's famous NFT art that changed form when Biden won the election has been resold for a record amount, $6.6 million. So let me try to explain it to you. Donald Trump, they're in NFT form. If he won the election, then he would look one way. And if he lost the election, he looks another way. Well, he lost the election. The NFT changed its form to be what it is today. But it could have went another way. So if you look in the show notes and click this article, you can see both forms and read about this NFT art. And finally, IBC Group, a Dubai private equity firm that invests in real estate and tech, has earmarked $4.8 billion in Bitcoin for the magic city of Miami. According to a press release last week, IBC will use 100,000 Bitcoin, yes, you heard that right, 100,000 Bitcoin to establish the Miami 2.0 Blockchain Strategy Foundation and support other projects. As we all know, Mayor Suarez of Miami has been saying for the past couple weeks, couple months, that he wants to turn Miami into a tech hub, focusing on emerging tech, innovation and blockchain. It looks as though he has the money to do it. Now, all he has to do is execute. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. Don't forget to go to Apple Podcasts, like, subscribe, share, and leave us a comment. And like I said, tomorrow I'm going to read some listener questions and try to answer them. So if you have any questions, send me an email, MatthewAaron at Decrypt.co. I'll see you tomorrow. Until then,
0: happy hodling.